It is Wednesday, August 2nd, the first Talking Sports with Evan in the month of August. And uh, appreciate everybody tuning in, either watching live at your convenience or um, watching the pod, uh, listening to the podcast. Kind of hard to watch the podcast version, I guess, but listening to the podcast version of the show, which will be published uh, later tonight or first thing in the morning. So tonight, uh, today's show, going to start off talking. 2023 NFL season and I know we're only a week into training camp for most teams the Browns and the Jets got a a week head start over everybody else since they play I think tomorrow in the Hall of Fame game or maybe the next couple days they play in the Hall of Fame game but with the NFL season fast approaching I want to get uh, Emlyn on the show most of you guys know him from the NFL draft uh, special that I've done and kind of talk NFL season and go from there. And before we get into the, the meat of the show, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and joining us, uh, joining me here tonight to talk some NFL football. Well, thank you very much for having me on, Evan. It's it's an honor and a privilege to be here and, and be able to talk a little bit about what we've got uh, less than 45 days away is the start of the NFL season. Yeah, we definitely do. Less You mentioned less than 45 days away. It's, it's here before we know it and it's too you know it's too soon to talk about you know too many predictions because we don't we don't even know what some of these rosters are going to look like but to be honest i think it is uh, for the majority of the the playoff teams i think it's pretty easy to um i think it's pretty easy to figure out for the most part who's going to make it um but I think I think it's fair to say too. Every season, we always seem to have a surprise team. I think it's fair to say that the Eagles making the Super Bowl last year was a surprise. I know they did get some help with uh, Brock Purdy being the starting quarterback of the 49ers and then blowing out his elbow, needing Tommy John surgery. And I think they had a quarterback uh, playing for them that have played for almost every single team in the NFL at some point. Uh, then he got hurt, and this was not good um, for the 49ers in the in the playoffs against the Eagles. And yeah, Josh Johnson getting hurt, and him being in their fourth quarterback to go out yeah. here, we almost had a a Baltimore Colts Tom Matty situation with uh, Christian McCaffrey having to get behind center there a little bit. Yeah, um, that would have been I would have been interesting to watch Christian McCaffrey playing the. Uh, playing the the quarterback position but kind of get want to get your thoughts with the nfl season coming up um and i guess going to kind of start it by division starting with the afc east so buffalo won the division last year um lost in the playoffs to unable to get to the super bowl once again but when you're in the same conference as kansas city you know it's hard to get there um and then you got the dolphins who made made the playoffs last year. Unfortunately, Tua had the concussion issue, so didn't really do much after that. The Jets bring in Aaron Rodgers after finishing last in the division last year. They bring in Aaron Rodgers. Likely would have been a playoff team last year with a 
competent quarterback instead of Wilson. And that now the Patriots finally bringing in an offensive coordinator after having uh, a former defensive coordinator and a former special teams coach uh, run the offense. They bring in an actual coordinator and Bill O'Brien. Is it the Bills division again in your mind, or do the Jets do enough to with bringing in Rodgers, do they do enough to challenge for that division? I think this division is really going to be interesting because the schedule is tough for everybody in there. And this could be a division where only the division winner makes the playoffs. So it's going to put a lot of pressure on them. And I think you've seen some of it already. Buffalo has already uh, mutually parted ways with Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator. And McDermott's got to be on the hot seat at this point. And he's going to call the defensive plays this year. He's a former D.C. himself. I get it, but boy, that's a lot of pressure to start the season with. And you've got Ken Dorsey, who has not done great things in Brian Dable's absence when Dable went over to the Giants as the head coach, as the offensive coordinator. So I think they're, they're a franchise that if if they don't start well, and if the Jets don't start well with Aaron Rodgers and his associated drama that he brings with him, I think those two teams could be in a world of hurt. I think Bill O'Brien's the biggest addition to any team in this division. He is a serious, hardcore, tried and tested offensive coordinator. And I think he's going to do some great things with Mac Jones. And I think New England comes out of that division on top. I I think New England definitely could be a surprise team, especially if Jones stays healthy and develops. Um, O'Brien does have a pretty good team. But the Dolphins, they – they are a talented team themselves. Um, Tua, um, if he stayed healthy, they likely finished better than nine and eight. But I know his health is a concern. Concussions are nothing to, um, you know, nothing to take, you know, take minor. They're serious issues. And if he gets another one, there's a chance that his career could be done. But I like the Miami offense in Tyree Kill, Waddle. Um, Tua, the running game's improved, and their coach, uh, Mc, McDaniel or McDonald, um, I like him a lot. He's a very good Mike McDaniel. He, he's very, he, you wouldn't think he'd be a good head coach just by appearance. And I had this talk with, um, former Packer Mike Wall when a lot of these guys are getting these head coaching jobs, they're, they're great coordinators, great at calling plays. They don't necessarily make them a good head coach. And I, I think he was hinting at a coach we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But Mike McDaniel, look, he doesn't look the part, but he acts the part. And his team has a lot of respect for him. And the thing with the Jets, you, you have the Jets. Um, you have the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. And before that, they bring in Lazard. After that, they bring in Billy Turner, which he's not a starting left tackle anymore. And right now, he is left tackle for the Jets. You bring in Adrian Amos. You're basically bringing in the 2021 Green Bay Packers, and you're expecting it to be different. I guess the only thing different is, and then you bring in Nathaniel Hackett. You have Salah as the head coach. That's about that's about it. Um the biggest difference offensively between the Packers and the Jets. And I guess for me, the one number I care about with the Jets is 65%. If Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, Packers get a first-round pick. But I think it is going to be the Bills' division to win. 
And I think it's going to be between the Jets and the Patriots for that second spot. And it all kind of depends on the Jets offensive line if they're able to protect you know, Aaron Rodgers. So I guess what are your thoughts overall um, with the Jets? Uh, I think you're right. It's it's become Packers East for him. And you, you also have Randall Cobb coming in as a wide receiver too. So it's it's the old boys club coming together there. I just – Hackett's a, a good coordinator. I'll, I'll give you that. But I don't know that he's had a lot of success when he's been the play caller. He was the OC in Green Bay, but he wasn't calling the plays. And is it going to be Hackett calling the plays on his offense or is it going to be Aaron Rodgers dictating – to him what he wants and having uh, an unsurpassed sort of uh, control over the offense. Now, things are different. He's been at offseason workouts. He's been working with the receivers, which he didn't do the last year or so with the Packers. So that's different. But I don't know that the honeymoon lasts that long. And, and let's be honest, Rodgers is getting older. Every year he gets older, it gets harder and harder to play. Not everybody is Tom Brady or George Blanda and can play into their 40s. It's a difficult position, and if if things don't go well from the get go, I see the Jets blowing up, and and really being stuck with Rodgers for a couple of years, unhappy. And he's been in a small market town in Green Bay where the the media is very uh, kind and respectful, and you now you're in the New York media. Whew, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and you know what we could see happening is the the. Rogers saga be go full cycle, you know. Brett Favre gets traded to the Jets for mm-hmm. a conditional draft pick. He basically retires, asks for his outright release and the retirement. Signs for the Vikings, plays for them for two years, and then retires. We can always see Rogers do the same. Kirk Cousins is probably in his last year in the with the Vikings, especially if they don't win uh, playoff games this year. Maybe he forces another trade. Maybe he. Uh, you know, gets his release when he quote unquote retires and then signs with the Jets and I mean signs with the Vikings and we get to see that all over again. So Peter, thanks for sorry, go ahead. That would be something else. <laughs> it would be something. So apparently it might be having some volume issues. So um Peter uh mentions that the Bills uh start could be interesting with their schedule they have. Um Hope the Jets lose every game, which I wouldn't mind a whole lot. They're as you mentioned, they become Packer, um, Packer East, and we'll see. And I guess jump to a different division. And we're not hearing us live. I do hope that it does. Uh... Well, it's not us with the volume. I I have volume on my Twitter when I go look, so not sure why we're not getting volume. But the AFC West, that is, you got Sean Payton going to Denver, but Denver's still not that good of a roster. McDaniel has his um, quarterback that used to be a Patriot, then used to be a 49er, now he's a Raider and Jimmy G. And Devontae's there, apparently unhappy. Herbert finally got paid, and then you got the Chiefs, but their wide receiver room um is not the best um they've lost they lost a bunch of talent there is it chiefs again or somebody's shocked the world and take the division from them 
No, I think it's the Chiefs again. Denver, I think, is a house of cards. I think Russell Wilson's done. And the trade that Denver made for him, Seattle came out with, they've got a starting left tackle, a starting corner, uh, backups galore. Denver ends up with Russell Wilson, who's now trying to lose weight just to regain some of his athleticism that he just flat out lost. And I, I don't see Sean Payton doing a turnaround. Payton's had a good career as a head coach. He had one great year when everything went right. But other than that, he's only made the conference finals twice when he was in uh, New Orleans. And let's be honest, the, the NFC South was a weak division. It's always been a division where nine and seven, 10 and six won it. And, and nobody ever ran away with that. So he, he really prospered at the, at the expense of the Carolinas and the Tampa Bays and the Atlantas of the past. So I I'm curious to see how well he does the chargers. I think Brandon Staley's on the hot seat. He's got to win. Now he changed coordinators. He got rid of Joe Lombardi who rejoined uh, Peyton in Denver. And he brought in Kellen Moore, who's had success at the NFL level as a coordinator, but is somewhat still unproven after being with the Cowboys. And if they don't win with Herbert, Herbert has no, he's got no playoff wins. They have no playoff experience at this point. And I think the real surprise in that division is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. I think Garoppolo, he's been to the Super Bowl before. He stays healthy. And they've got a team where they've made some moves that have not necessarily been super popular, getting rid of Derek Carr, getting rid of Darren Waller, who has not really played well the last couple of years and bringing in a rookie tight end and mayor. They've, they've shored up the defense. They're going to be ferocious on the outside with Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, and their, their rookie that they picked up at number seven. I think they cover for some deficiencies in the secondary. And I think Las Vegas is a surprise team and they're a wild card right on Kansas city's heels. Yeah. Big thing is got to get um, Josh uh, Jacobs happy. I know running backs a position that you don't really need to, uh, you don't really need to go to training camp for, especially in Josh Jacobs' uh, situation. As long as he shows up before the game start in shape, that's really what matters there. Um, yeah, I think it's still the Chiefs' division too. As long as you got Pat Mahomes, their offensive line I think is better than it was, um, especially um, the year they lost the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. It's especially better than that, and I think it's even better than last year. And the Broncos. Their roster's a mess. No, it's it's going to be a mess. And Sean Payton, we we always get, and, you know, Packer fans, we always get Mike McCarthy a hard time. But Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton, win-loss-wise, are pretty much identical. Kind of <laughs> they're much like, yeah, they're pretty much the same guy. I know it's just that Payton seems to be the bigger name. And speaking of Payton, Comments he made about Nathaniel Hackett. Not he didn't name Nathaniel Hackett, but we all knew he was talking about Nathaniel Hackett being the worst coaching job in the history of the NFL. Is that out of line to you, or was he is he doing something we as fans and people in the media always complain about? Is we always get coach beak and we never hear the truth. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think there's some validity to what he said. And I thought Hackett did a bad job, but Hackett was set up poorly. He had a bad coaching staff. And he was set oh, they, up. I don't mean to cut you off. They brought Hackett in for one reason and one reason only, and that yep. was Aaron Rodgers. Yep, yep. And then when they didn't get him, Russell Wilson walked in with his entourage like he, he's the emperor, and I, I think that put Hackett into a bad spot. Pushing that all aside, Peyton's not, Peyton is not going to be 
regarded with George Hallis and Don Shula and Bill Belichick and and uh, Lombardi as one of the all-time greats. He's an okay coach. I remember distinctly when he was with Parcells, and Parcells took the play calling away from him because he got pass happy. He, he you got to show me something before you start mouthing off like that. Do that at the end of the season. Maybe I'll listen to you. But the thing that that scares me the most about what he said, putting on all aside. Are you trying to make Russell Wilson and take the pressure off him? Maybe that was his intent. But the thing that Russell Wilson needs, he was coddled and babied by by uh, Pete Carroll up in Seattle. And there was never a time where Carroll brought in a backup to challenge him. And he never brought in anybody. And he just kind of mollified him and treated him. And, and going back to the Super Bowl that they lost against the Patriots when they threw the ball on the one-yard line because Carroll allegedly wanted – Russell Wilson to be the MVP and not Marshawn Lynch. Okay, how Marshawn behaves in interviews, totally understandable. But, boy, I would have loved to have seen him come out and said, hey, Russell Wilson needs to prove himself, and Russell Wilson needs to play better, or we're going to look at somebody else because they're going to have to at some point because I just don't think he carries that team, and all he wants to do is just run back around in the backfield and take a number of sacks that he doesn't need to take and then blame it on the offensive line, which in Denver is not great. Yeah. And I would, I think he might've went a little too far. However, I was happy, I guess, to hear more of the usual um, coaches speak as we'll oh, call the tropes it. that we get this time yeah. of year. Yeah. I, I can um, see that. I was happy to actually hear something of content and for podcasts and radio shows and things like that, it gives you something to actually talk about instead of the basic, well, how did Jordan Love look at practice today? How did Russell Wilson look? It's, wow, Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers might be pulling uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock at the 50-yard line after the game. The yeah, and they, and they play this year. What is it? Week five, I think. Yeah, week five or week four, They're gonna. that's going to be a heck of a ball game. Yeah. That'll be very interesting. And there's another person I kind of feel uh, Sean Payton was kind of throwing a sh- uh, shade at, too, and I wouldn't be surprised if Payton decides to kind of pull a uh, a power play, mm-hmm. is the general manager. He's yeah. got to be unhappy with the comments Payton made for the fact that it kind of was pointing at him a little bit because he's the one that built that roster, and he's the one that traded for Russell Wilson. He's the one that hired Hackett. He's the one that allowed Hackett to bring in the coaching staff that he did. So maybe Sean Payton's putting uh, Patton on notice and saying, I want your job next. And yeah. maybe you want to be a coach general manager. Yeah, I would be surprised if it, that's it part sounds of the a lot like Although the, the things that they did in New Orleans that have got them cash strapped now with the salary cap, with uh, giving his uh, Swiss Army knife a huge payday of $40 million for a guy who's a third-string quarterback and a part-time tight end and a special teams player, uh, I don't know that I'd want Peyton making those kind of calls, but it's new ownership. New ownership brought Peyton in. They didn't bring the GM in. John Elway's kind of phased out of there a little bit. This certainly could be a time for change in Denver, both during the season and afterwards. Yeah. And I'll jump into the a- AFC North. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals won the division last year, 12 and four. I think Burrow still takes too many hits. They're trying to improve that offensive line. Injuries hurt them big time last year along the offensive line. Lamar Jackson signs a fat new contract, and they somehow win 10 games last year with him missing quite a bit of time, made the playoffs. The Steelers 
All Mike Tomlin does is finish, well, he can't finish 500 anymore, but finish 500 or better. Nine and eight every year uh, he's been in Pittsburgh. He's been above, at or above 500. And then the Browns finished seven and 10 with uh, Deshaun Watson missing a good chunk of the year. I think they should have just had Jacoby Brissett finish the year as a starter. And because uh, Watson looked extremely raw and rusty and looked like he hadn't played football in about almost two years, which is kind of the case. He didn't play football for almost two years. And that, the year that he, his last year in Houston, they were, what, 4-12 and 12 that year? He had, he's never – I don't understand how they gave that much money to him. I mean, that's a huge commitment to be fully guaranteed and to give a guy with those – forget the character issues, which are substantial – uh, and a massive PR concern, but then you've got on the field. He, he really has been okay. He's been a 10 and six kind of guy under uh, Bill O'Brien. And, and I think Kevin Stefanski this year is going to be on the hot seat, but he's going to have to deliver. He's, he is one of the guys that I've marked as potentially being gone at the end of the year. I think there's, there's five head coaches for sure right now. And I think there's three more that are teetering depending on how the season falls. But I think we see Stefanski out of a job at the end of this year because I'm looking at them as fourth in their division. Yeah, I see two coaches in the AFC North uh, actually that could, uh, could be out of a job this year. You named name, uh, one on the head in Stefanski. I think Hardball could be on the hot seat with the Ravens. He's been there for a very long time. He's kind of turning into the situation that um, you had with Mike McCarthy in Green Bay that – yeah, he's done a lot of good things for the team, um, but it's, maybe it's time for him to go. And I think Tomlin is one that's never going to have a problem losing the team. I think they respect him too much, so I think his job is safe. But I think Baltimore and the Browns could be looking for new head coaches next year. I think the Bengals win the division, and I think the Steelers somehow find a way to finish second because the Ravens' skilled position uh, – not very good. Um, injuries seem to always hit them. The wide receiving position is very, very weak for the Ravens. Um, Odell Beckham, but he can't stay healthy. Um, Rashid Bateman can't stay healthy. J.K. Dobbins, a running back, can't stay healthy. Zay Flowers is an undersized rookie that's going to take some time to learn. Um, offensive line seems to always have issues, and the defense – Secondary is another spot. They just never can seem to stay healthy. And I think the Ravens is going to be between the Ravens and the Browns for fourth place in that division. Um, yeah, I think Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's been there a while, and I think you got a point. He's brought in a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken. But, you know, with the guys with the injury positions that you mentioned, you also – Lamar Jackson doesn't finish seasons well. That too. And, and he, he hasn't played a full season in a couple of years. And, and for the amount of money that they spent on him – you're kind of trapped in that situation again. I was, I was a little surprised that they resigned him. I thought they might just move away and go to a more true pro style quarterback that doesn't take as many hits. Because running quarterbacks, as Steve Young famously said, you don't see a lot of old running quarterbacks. They just don't last that long. Yeah, you know, you, uh, I think Randall Cunningham, and but he 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 modified his game to become more of a pocket passer later mm-hmm. in his career. I think he was the only one that really lasted. You know, Steve Young concussions, if he doesn't have the concussion issue, maybe he plays a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the mobile mobile quarterbacks, uh, run-first quarterbacks, don't tend to have very long careers. Uh, AFC South, 
and a, a dumpster fire division, yeah, a, a young division. A, a, you got young quarterbacks in all four teams, and I know Tannehill's still right now the starter in Tennessee, and probably will be for a while. But Will Levis is the eventual starter there. Indianapolis has got a rookie who played one season of college, and they pissed off their star running back. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> but but he's like Josh Jacobs. You know, they've had okay careers to this point, but Jacobs for the Raiders has had one great year. Otherwise, he's had a couple of just barely over a thousand yard seasons. Taylor is coming off where he missed five games last year. So running back isn't what running backs once were. And I, I miss the eighties as much as everybody line them up in the eye and, and let's see somebody get the ball 35, 40 times a game, but it's not there anymore. But Indianapolis has got a rookie who's going to eventually be the starter over Gardner Michau. Uh Houston's got CJ Stroud, who maybe will be the first Ohio state quarterback to be a great one. Jacksonville the dean is going to be in his third year now with with uh with uh their quarterback as being the oldest starter once Tannehill gets replaced so it's a young division somebody's going to win it i think it's tennessee i think Vrabel's too good a coach uh and the other ones are just too young and nobody comes out of there with a wild card i think jacksonville and tennessee finish tied especially if derrick henry can stay healthy jacksonville is a team on the rise you mentioned Vrabel as a head coach. He's probably one of the better head coaches in the NFL, even with the 7-10 record last year. And back to the Colts, you have a young rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson, or you have a Garner Menchu who needs a lot of help in order to be productive. Pissing your, your star running back off um, – when you have a very young offense is probably not the best thing to do because as we're going to see in green Bay, they're going to be relying heavily on the running game early on, especially as their quarterback gets his feet wet and gets his feet under him. The Colts need to do the same. They need to rely on Jonathan Taylor to be that bell cow type running back that, you know, he was back in 20, 2021 where he had 1800 yards and 18 touchdowns that's what they need from him and ursay made comments after the whole um poor me uh running back stuff with yeah. barkley and all of them he made comments about running backs then and then he says nope we're not ex extending you mr taylor and ursay just needs to be quiet and let his personnel guys be the personnel guys and, and let his coaches coach yeah, he just he just really just gets in the way and loves to hear himself talk and and he just needed to be quiet and they've got him under contract. Let him do it. Does he do a Le'Veon Bell? Uh, nobody recovers from that if a running back sits out a year. And I think you saw that with Saquon Barkley finally woke up and said, "Hey, uh, I can't afford to lose." I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I, I it mind boggles me that somebody would say ten million dollars a year is not enough. And I know it's it's all relative and whatnot, but you, you mentioned the Packers. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball with, what, a second-round draft pick and a fifth-round draft pick, yeah. Aaron Jones was? You need a bunch of guys. That's where I, I don't think Josh McDaniels in L.A. or Las Vegas is losing any sleep over Josh Jacobs. You show up, we'll give you the ball. You don't, I'll give it to five different guys. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's just the way it goes. But, yeah, it would be helpful. Anthony Richardson I don't think is anywhere near ready to – to be in the NFL, to play in the NFL. And my fear for him is that he could be another Trey Lance. 
And I know he played at a higher level at Florida than North Dakota State for Lance, but he's got 15 games starting experience outside of high school. And the game is just that much of an incredible physical specimen, yes, but the game is just that much faster and smarter at this level. He should sit the whole year before they put him in. Yeah, probably he probably should, but I I think coaches are going to lose patience and because uh, Minshew is a good spot starter. He's not a guy you want starting. Oh. Unless the Colts are comfortable being a three or four win football team and let's get more draft picks and let's continue to build. But I think Ursay being Ursay is going to, you know, start getting his hand in the pot there and try mm-hmm. to try to be annoying as he typically is without Snyder. Now he gets to be the most outspoken owner. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. He does take that slot. Yeah. Jerry Jones hasn't been, you know, he does his weekly radio appearance still in Dallas, but overall he hasn't really been that vocal as he's been in the past. Perfect segue to the NFC East. And you had all teams in that division 500 or better, which the commanders ended up finishing 500 at eight, eight and one. I don't think they get anywhere near that this year with um, of uh, not very good quarterback with little experience being their starter. The Eagles, 14-3 and three last year, a very loaded roster on both sides of the football. Cowboys, another very talented team. Pollard, uh, came, you know, really burst on the scene before an injury last year, um, shut him down. And then you got the Giants that surprised everybody winning a playoff game and uh, Dabble's first year, but he is stuck with uh, uh, his quarterback, and uh, his quarterback is not very good either. No, and a running quarterback again where he's going to make some plays. I think Philadelphia is going to win that division, but the big question for me is you lost both coordinators. You lost Jonathan Gannon to Arizona in a horrible situation for him, and then you lost um, Shane Stickler to – to Indianapolis is the offensive coordinator. Offense doesn't bother me as much. The head coach there is a is a offensive coach. He's got assistants on that staff that can step up. Brian Johnson's going to move from quarterback coach to the coordinator. There's a depth of coaches there. That doesn't scare me. But Sean Desai, who's going to be their defensive coordinator, one year calling signals for the Bears, wasn't necessarily great there. He could be a little over his head. I think they made a smart move in bringing in Matt Patrika from uh, from the Patriots as a senior defensive assistant as a as a bit of a backup and somebody that can help him along. But but that'll be interesting to see how it plays out from a coaching standpoint because as you said, that roster's loaded. Yeah, roster is definitely loaded, and I, I forgot where Patricia went. I didn't realize he went to the Eagles. I I knew he wasn't with the Patriots anymore. I just like I said, I didn't realize where he where he went, but. I guess that's a good job for Philly to give some experience to their coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, big thing with Philly is just going to be health. They're starting to get into the situation where it's going to be very hard to um, have good depth because they have to start paying people as Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts got paid um, quite fat. I think they're until proven otherwise. I think they're the class of the NFC very talented offensive line, very good defensive line, knows how to get after the quarterback. Um, I think they led the league in sacks last year. Couldn't get a lot of pressure on Mahomes at the bummed ankle in that second half of the Super Bowl, but they did make his life difficult in that first half. 
get, tip your hat to Andy Reid for the adjustments he made offensively to give uh, him time to make throws down the field. But I, their defense got it has to do a better job at stopping the run. And with DeAndre Swift, I'm guessing the running game is going to be more of a uh, a use this season. And in Philadelphia, I think the Cowboys finished second in that division, and I don't think the Giants finish around 500. I think they're a couple games under, and I think the Commanders are a few games under 500. And I think, uh, unfortunately, they're going to be looking for a new coach. And I say unfortunately because I like the Commanders' coach. I think. Uh, he is he's he's a good he's he's one of the good guys in Ron Rivera mm-hmm. has battle with cancer um very talented coach in Carolina goes to a tough situation in Washington and now they got new ownership probably going to be moving a different direction after the year between the new ownership and underperforming i'm guessing he's probably one of your five you had on the hot seat but mm-hmm. i think they're going to need a new coach next year yeah and i i think it People know that it, it always interests me when you see teams that can't seem to get anybody good to fill spots. They ended up taking Eric Bieniemy as a coordinator. Now Bieniemy's been the coordinator in Kansas City for a long time. He's been passed over a number of times for head jobs. He's taking this one. It's a show me year for him, but there, there's nothing there. They got a quarterback that should be second or third string, and and I think you're you're right. Rivera is one of those guys. I think is out of a job at the end of the year, and partly due to new ownership and wanting to make a clean break from the past. And I do think he's a good guy, and I think he'll be a head coach again someplace else pretty quick, but he'll be very smart in picking that next job. Yeah, my big model is a model that I say, and I started saying it when Urban Meyer got the job in Jacksonville. Bad teams stay bad for a reason. Yep. And Washington is a definition of that, is you – trade a lot of capital for Carson Wentz who bombed out Sam Howell supposed to be now supposed to be your starting uh, quarterback Jack Del Rio is probably one of the more overrated defensive minds in the NFL you go up you put him against any decent quarterback he's going to get picked apart Mm -hmm. Um, he probably didn't need another job and of course obviously that falls on Rivera for giving him the job but his personnel guy hasn't really done him any favors putting together a roster that um, could be scary. You got Terry McLaren, a running a wide receiver who's very good. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, often injured Logan Thomas, a tight end, Curtis Samuel, who seems to be hurt often, a one wide receiver. Um, Antonio Gibson, pretty talented running back. Their depth chart right now, I'm on the uh, commander's website. They have nobody listed at left guard, nobody listed at center, nobody listed at right guard. I'm talking starters. Mm-hmm. And nobody listed at starter at quarterback or backup at quarterback. Sam Howell is the only guy on there um, as th- listed at third string, nobody before. They do have a talented defensive line. I'll give them that much, but I just yeah, – So that for a reason. Yeah. And you mentioned backup quarterbacks. I think one of the sneaky under-the-radar signings in this division is Philadelphia getting Marcus Mariota. Jalen Hurts is going to get hurt at some point. He's going to get knocked out of a game or two. Mariota can come in. He's a similar type of quarterback. In that he's athletic. He can run. He can throw on the run. He can move around in the pocket. I think picking him up gives Philadelphia two games where they're going to be competitive, where you look at where they could have just had somebody who's a nobody 
now you got a good quarterback to come in if Hertz goes down and you, he can play a little more recklessly than he would be if he's got to start all 17 games and have to worry about that. Yeah. The one thing about Mariota that he needs to repair is his image quite a bit because the way mm-hmm. things ended in Atlanta, rough with a lot of feathers the wrong way there. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He so, did. And, and, and what a better team to do it on than a team that supposedly has great character and has some pretty good leaders in the locker room. Yeah. I, he'll probably get punched in the mouth if he doesn't, uh, if he tries to pull what he did. And literally, if he tries to pull what he did in Atlanta. NFC West, 49ers, 13-4 and four last year. Seahawks, surprisingly, 9-8. and eight. I think most people knew the Rams were not going to be a very good team because um, they just don't have any depth because they traded away all their draft picks and spent a ton of money on everybody. So now they're working their way out of salary cap hell. And when you have uh, guys like Cooper Cup and Stafford start getting hurt, you ain't, you know you don't have anybody to fill those spots. In Arizona, they're a complete mess. Kyle Murray's going to miss uh, probably a good chunk of the season early on. They don't have a quarterback, and we might see a one-and-done coach in Arizona, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I think it's the 49ers to lose. I think uh, it's going to sound crazy, but I think signing Sam, Sam Donald um, – was a really good under-the-radar move for them because the 49ers run a very quarterback-friendly offense, and Donald has Darnold, I'm sorry, has talent, has an arm. He just hasn't put it all together, and Kyle Sh- uh, Shanahan has shown that he's a bit of a quarterback whisperer, and I think the 49ers run away with that division. I think they're the only team in the in the conference that has a shot against the Eagles personally. I agree with you 100% there. I think uh, Seattle it might be a good team again. And they're, they're young, and they picked up a bunch in the Russell Wilson trade. The Rams are, are shot. And I think Sean McKay, McVay has got to be thought of as not that he gets fired, but that he may just walk away from this because I think he almost did last year. And, the year they won the Super Bowl, he almost did. Yeah, so I, I don't know that he wants to necessarily go through what they're going to have to go through to rebuild. Arizona, they're on the clock. Because it's they're going to have the first pick in the NFL draft next Do they year. They win a game this year. It's entirely possible they don't. I, I Colt and I like Colt McCoy. He's just not an NFL starter, and I don't. I don't think Kyler Murray is either. And I think they're going to have to move on from that. But I really think Caleb Williams from USC is potentially there. And yeah, I think Jonathan Gannon. I don't know. You look at his staff. His his offensive coordinator's never been an offensive coordinator before. His defensive coordinator is, was five, six years ago was a was a uh, a video guy. I mean, you're you're light all the way around on your coaching staff, which means to me you couldn't get people, you couldn't get people to come in and have the depth. Look at what Frank Reich did in Carolina. He's got former head coaches on his staff. He's just got bodies around him that are experienced that know what the heck they're doing. They're a bunch of lightweights. Arizona's going to be terrible. They could go be the first team to go 0-17. And, and San Francisco, you're right. I think I could play quarterback for them. Like They are just uh, – oh, I'm sorry. I could play quarterback for them and get injured because I think they're going to go three all through – they're going to go through all three quarterbacks again this year because none of them can seem to stay healthy. And Shanahan just puts them into a position where they get hurt a lot. Yeah, and uh, Arizona could easily have the first two picks in the NFL draft this year. So having – if, I mean, for, yeah, if they have that number two pick as well, because they have Houston's uh, first-round pick too, uh, 
they can get a King's ransom for that number two pick in the draft mm-hmm. uh, for another team that wants a Drake May or uh, one, or a Marvin Harrison Jr. Or does Arizona go Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. back to back in the in the in the draft this year? That would be scary. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> probably the best wide receiver, college wide receiver I've ever seen with just how fluid of a route runner, his hands, his athletic ability. Yeah, the only thing stopping Harrison is an injury. Yeah, the, and you got to think, given his predicament the, of his last name, that he's going to just walk in and he's going to be pretty pro ready. There's not going to be a whole lot of surprises for him in terms of lifestyle or getting caught up in some of the the trappings of uh, fame. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We're talking NFL team, and we're talking about their draft picks rather than the season itself because they're just that bad of a roster. And we talked about the NFC South, uh, AFC South, I'm sorry, being a bad division. I think the NFC South could be even worse as you got Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. You got a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Stroud, yeah. I I get him and – No, no, it's Bryce Young and Carroll. Bryce Young, yes. Sorry, I get Bryce – where Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud went – uh, back backwards sometimes. Mm-hmm. You got Bryce Young in Carolina, who's might be too small to play the position. Mm-hmm. Probably the best passer we've had drafted in a while, but his size isn't no good. Uh, young quarterback in in uh, Atlanta, pretty talented roster, but young. Then yep. you got Derek Carr in with the Saints, uh, a team that. Alvin Kamara could be suspended for the, the whole year. Michael Thomas seems to always have an ankle injury. You talked about the Twist Army Knife and Taysom Hill. Uh, Jimmy Graham is now the starting tight end again, apparently. I heard he signed a one-year deal. I thought it said one-day contract. I did the same thing. So they're well, probably the, the, the best team from talent-wise in that division with the quarterback position, but who do you think win that division? Does somebody have to? I mean, <laughs> this this could be a, a, an eight and nine team wins it. Uh, well, I think it was, what, 2021. 20, I don't think a team finished above 500 in that division back in 2021. I think every team um, – uh, maybe it was 22 – but I know it was Brady's last year in Tampa Bay. Um, I believe they finished under 500 mm-hmm. every, in that division. Yep. yep, that was last year. Yeah, New Orleans gets a taste of Carr and Dennis Allen as a combo, and that was not good in Oakland. Uh, as you said, Kamara's facing a suspension. If he gets four games, they start off with Tennessee, Carolina, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay. They could be 1-3, and 0-4 oh in that stretch. Carr doesn't handle adversity well. I, Allen, I don't know how he keeps getting hired. And then you've got Michael Thomas, if he's healthy and if his mind is right, he's going to have to play the number two receiver to uh, Chris Olave. I, I don't know if his mind's set up that way. And, and you got salary cap issues there still. So I, I wonder if, if they're it. I think there may be a surprise out of there. Maybe Carolina with a, with a very veteran coaching staff and some unknowns surges ahead and wins it. Or maybe we see the best of Baker Mayfield. Let's not forget this guy in Cleveland was pretty good up until that last year when he was hurt and probably shouldn't have been playing. So maybe Tampa Bay is there. 
he might save Todd Bowles' job. Todd Bowles and Dennis Allen, I think, are two guys in this division that could be looking at finding new employment at come the end of the year because Tampa Bay is just since since uh, Bruce left, they've just tanked and and Bowles has just done nothing in his second stint as a head coach here to make anybody believe that he can be the guy. Yeah, and I'm just not a big Baker fan for the fact that I think what we saw the year the Browns made the playoffs, I think we saw his talent maximized. I don't think he reaches that point again in his career. I think everything happened to go right for him that year, and what we see with Mayfield is what we get. And I like the guy. I think he's, you know, I, I like the guy overall, but I just think that's what we see at quarterback. I think the Saints win the division, and um, yeah, I think the Saints win the division. The Buccaneers finished eight and nine last year, um, winning the division, and it was just a crap division last year. And I don't think a team finishes above five hundred this year either. No, and, and they're, they're one and done in that first round. They'll lose to a wild card team, and yeah. And then the final division, I left this division for last for a reason because I know I, you know, big. Packer fan, uh, live in Wisconsin, and you are uh, just on the other side of the border uh, in, in Illinois. So I saved this division for last for a reason. And Vikings last year, thirteen and four, they uh, they released their start starting running back in Delvin Cook. They released a starting receiver in Adam Thielen. Uh, they released a bunch of people on defense. Their offensive line is still not very good. The Lions are the Lions. They apparently, Dan Campbell last year when he first got there, I didn't check the year of the article, wanted to figure out how to get a live Lion at games. That I was a disaster waiting to happen. Talk about eating kneecaps or biting kneecaps. That would be painful. But they're the Lions. Um, Jared Goff, I think, maximized his ability last year. I think it's hard, going to be hard-pressed to expect that from him again. And then you got the Packers for the first time since 2008 with a new starting quarterback, the youngest wide receiver core in the NFL, the youngest tight end room in the NFL. But you have a lot of talent on defense that just hasn't been able to put it together. And you're truly going to see Matt LaFleur running the offense and not Aaron Rodgers' version of Matt LaFleur's offense. And then I've noticed that training camp so far, a lot of the times they're attacking the middle of the field, something Aaron Rodgers outside of 2020 didn't like doing and then you got the bears and justin fields who has been a significantly better runner than he has been passer and the bears had one of the one of the worst roster in the nfl last year and they did some improvement of, of the roster this year but i don't think they've done enough to go from worst to first who do you think wins the nfc north well, I think you touched on some interesting topics there. Minnesota, I just I don't believe in them. And I think they're I don't believe in Kirk Cousins when it gets to be clutch time. He's just not a clutch quarterback. Uh, and I think he's a good quarterback. He's just not a clutch guy. So you want the 17th or 18th best quarterback in the NFL to be the face of your franchise. You're, you've got that. Uh, Justin Fields, I don't think is an NFL starter at quarterback. And I know he thinks he's one of the top five running quarterbacks of all time. He had one good year. He had one good year. He, he had, again, not not a whole lot of old running quarterbacks. I don't think he's the best running quarterback in the history of the Bears because Bobby 
Douglas averaged more yards as a lefty quarterback for the Bears the, per game than uh, Justin Fields did. You want to run the ball for 17 games? Also, somebody, uh, some scout said it years ago, and I forget who it was, but he said, if you want to know how a team's going to do next year, look at how they did last year in the last eight games of the season. Now, the Bears started off 2-1, and one, and then they ended up 3-14. and 14. There's a reason why they were drafting so high in the draft. They're just not a good team. And I, I just don't see them finishing it. I think Detroit will be surprising. One of the things, I'm not a big Dan Campbell fan. I think he's a little more college rah-rah than I care for. I think the biting the kneecap stuff and the machismo, whatever. And I think he made a big mistake when he first did his roster of coaches when he, when he first got to the Lions. And they were all ex-players. Everybody was that he had as a coach. And he's modified that stance as he's gone along. Getting rid of Anthony Lynn as his offensive coordinator, who's now with San Francisco as a running back coach, was a huge move. Anthony Lynn's not a legitimate coordinator in the NFL. This this Johnson is, and keeping him, I think, was a big deal. I'm still thinking Aaron Glenn's a little suspect as a defensive coordinator, but I think they cover for that with their talent. I think they reached in the first round for need picks. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I think Detroit is on a, a team that could surprise because they seem to be playing well together. Goff's been to a Super Bowl, got beat, but I think that was more McVay getting outsmarted by Bill Belichick than it was Goff. I don't think Goff is going to be a dominating player, but he could be a Joe Flacco that wins you a Super Bowl. And I truly think the winner of this division is in title town. I think the Green Bay Packers, and, and the point you made about LaFleur finally being able to run his full offense has me excited. Because the ability to use two running backs in there, the ability to use some of that motion and jet sweeps and some other things that they just didn't do a lot of with Rodgers. And the, the stories that have come out about Rodgers making calls in games and giving audibles and, and, and making calls to receivers that they hadn't used in three years and guys not knowing what the heck he's talking about. I think we go away with all that. And maybe we don't have an MVP level quarterback in Jordan Love, but maybe you have a guy that plays within the system and takes you to a place in the playoffs that you haven't been in quite some time. Yeah, and Jordan Love has made some very, and I know it's practiced wearing shorts and helmets and now shorter pads, but he's made some very wow throws in, in camp so far. He had one up the sidelines on a two-minute drill uh, that he hit uh, Torre on the deep 33-yard uh, gain in, in practice. He uh, is I think his receiving core, even though it's extremely young, in Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and Jalen Reed, I think he, you know there's always one receiver that comes out of the draft that shocks everybody. Like, wow, where did this guy come from? I think that's Reed in Green Bay. I think he's that good of a route runner. Mm -hmm. um, when the Packers took him out of Michigan State, I, I think he's that good of a route runner. I think Zach Tom is a very good offensive lineman and he's going to be either your starting right tackle or your center and Devonte wyatt defensive lineman out of georgia they took in the first round two years ago he's showing up and having a good camp and i, I again that's two it's a weekend these guys wearing shorts and helmets and not you know not really putting it all in but I, I like what I'm seeing other than the kicker position. I like what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, what I'm uh, seeing of what's going on. Jaden Reed, um, I, I like what I see what's going on in Green Bay, and I think their roster is good enough to win the division. 
mm-hmm. think it's going to come down to the Lions and the Packers, and who, um, whoever wins that season series is going to end up being uh, winning that division. And they play the Lions, just if anyone's wondering, which I'm going to one of the Lions games this year, um, September 28th on Thursday Night Football, and on Thanksgiving at Detroit at 11.30 a.m. I think those two matchups there are basically going to be for the division. So who's your MVP and who's your sleeper for MVP, if you had to pick right now? It's tough to go against Mahomes. I think he's going to have another stunning year in Kansas City. But I, I think you've got – well, you look across it, you look at a guy like Burrow. If he clicks – like he could lead Cincinnati to the promised land. I, and I think those are your two teams that you end up with in the, the finals for the AFC. Uh, in, I don't think Jalen Hurts has a, a year like he had last year. I think he falls back down a little bit and comes back to reality. I, I, yeah, I got, a, I got a feeling it's going to be Mahomes again just because there's not a lot of competition. Unless you get a dark horse that comes out of there somewhere where you get somebody like – Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy that just puts up stupid numbers and stays healthy with San Francisco. And it could be a non-quarterback. It could be Christian McCaffrey coming out of San Francisco. I think they're primed for a big year. Yeah, I think it's going to be Josh Allen, to be honest, for MVP. I think this is going to be his year. Uh, My sleeper, and I think if he puts up similar numbers, catching and receiving yards and gets more touchdowns than he did last year, my sleeper for MVP is uh, Justin Jefferson. He had 128 catches last year, 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns. His rookie year, 108 catches, 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns. I I think Jefferson could be a – It's let's be honest, the MVP is a quarterback award. It's the who's the best quarterback in the NFL award. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically what – the MVP award is sorry, his rookie year, he went 88 for 1400. So this is year four for Jefferson. I think if there's going to be a non quarterback to win the award, Justin uh, Adam Thielen's gone. Now there's not really a lot next to Jefferson. Now at wide receiver, I he's my sleeper pick for MVP. I think he's, and I'm, I was dead wrong on him coming out of the draft. I didn't think he was good enough to, be as dominant as he is. He's 203 pounds, 6'1", a small 203, and he's not that fast, but he's a great route runner and knows how to get open, has great hands, and he's great after the catch. I think it's going to be Jefferson if, if I have to pick a sleeper. I just think he's that good. Yeah. He could he could be a guy that could get you 2,000 yards in a season for the, for the first time. And if he does that, I don't know who, who to pick. I don't think you pick yeah. your Cousins for MVP because I'm guessing no. the other receivers on that team aren't going to be that good. So no. who's your who's your um before we let you go, who's your first coach fired? I think it's got to be Stefanski in Cleveland. I just don't think they I, I look at some of the other guys that are going to I think are going to get fired Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay, I don't think makes it. New Orleans, I don't think Dennis Allen makes it. I just don't see people on their staff that can take over. Stefanski's got some guys that could easily step in, whether it's Bubba Ventron, their special teams coordinator, or uh, or Bill Callahan, who's who's been a head coach before, who's their O-line coach. I, I just don't see it happening in Cleveland. I think that's a, a recipe for destruction. And their, their owner's a little mercurial. He's been patient up till now, but 
you got rid of the quarterback, you got the quarterback you wanted, you spent a lot on him, and and now somebody's got to answer for that. So I think he's the first guy out. Yeah, and I, much as I hate to say, I think it's going to be Rivera. I, I think Stefanski makes it through the year, and then they let him go if they don't make the playoffs. I think Rivera, I don't think he makes it through the year. Um, he's been there for a couple years now. You have the enemy who can be your interim head coach. Now he has his chance to run a team. You got Jack Del Rio, who's been a head coach in the league. They could always go with the special teams coordinator, which other teams have done when mm-hmm. they uh, when they've promoted. Um, Bobby Ingram uh, found a home in Washington, former Badger offensive coordinator. Not that he's the guy. I just happened to run yeah. across his name just now. I didn't realize he was there. Uh, but I just think it's going to be Rivera because I think they're – their roster is going to be that bad at the quarterback position. I think he's going to be the first coach to go. So appreciate you coming on. Great talking NFL football with you. Uh, you know, it's fun to talk more than just NFL draft. And I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know I kept you on a little longer than I said I would. Sorry. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Your wife's probably yeah. mad at me. <laughs> oh, no worries at all. She's completely understanding. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a blast talking football with you, whether it's side-by-side side in the booth yeah. for a Racine Raiders game or, or for doing it on uh, on a podcast like this. It's a blast. So yeah, It definitely I'm, is. So I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I will uh, send you the link for the podcast as soon as the audio version is um, done. Like I said, either be tonight or first thing in the morning. Otherwise, they can watch the two of us uh, – on video for an hour to, you know, talking sports if they want to go through that, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Have oh, a yeah. great night. Yep. Have a good rest of your night. You too. Ciao. Yep. This is Emlyn uh, Thomas. I've had him on for NFL draft special. Thank you to him for coming on and uh, talking some NFL. It's fun uh, talking sports with him in general. And, you know, he's uh, full of knowledge encyclopedia i think i'm an encyclopedia i think he's even more than i am but do want to finish up the show talking to major league baseball the the trade deadline has passed the brewers basically made three moves three-ish moves um they added mark can canha canna carlos santana and andrew chafin and they only traded away an 18-year-old prospect and Johnny Saravino, who was light years away from being anything. And they traded away Pete Chazlecki and from the roster, and they traded away Luis Urias. And overall, I think the Brewers did fine with the trade deadline. Um, there was just no big move to be made. Um, unfortunately when the angels decided that you know what we're going to go for it. we are going to push for the playoffs we're we're in the we're in position for the for the second the third wild card we can do it and then you had the padres do the same then you had the cubs do the same and those are three teams between the padres the cubs and the angels where a lot of players were going to be potentially moved. And when those three teams decided we are going to make a run for the postseason, it kind of screwed everything up. 
it, it, it screwed everything up for your 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 uh your rays your brewers your reds your your um your orioles your astros and yes i know you had justin verlander traded back to the astros you had max scherzer traded to the Rangel, rangers but there was really no big name bat moved and i didn't think there was going to be and i didn't expect the brewers to make any sexy pick or dra- trades and they didn't and the reason they didn't is because if the brewers were to make a a move for let's say a Eloy Jimenez, they would have had to trade a Sal Freelich. They would have had to trade a Jackson Churio. They would have had to trade a Jefferson Kiro, a Jacob Mazurlowski, a Mazurlowski, a Tyler Black, Eric Brown, Robert Gasser, um, Robert Moore. These are guys the Brewers do not want to to trade. I think they would have been willing to part with Gasser, but the top five, top six prospects for the Brewers are truly untouchable. And I know you never know what's going to happen with the prospects, but you're going to be trading one of these guys for Eloy Jimenez, who's likely going to be a one or two year rental for, you're not going to beat the Braves. The Braves are going to win the NL. They're, they're going to win the NL. They're going to win the pennant. They're going to go to the World Series. And it's going to be the Rangers or the Astros out of the out of the AL. You're not beating those teams just by getting Eloy Jimenez. Now, do you have a shot by improving your depth at key positions like right field, first base, uh, left-hander out of the bullpen, guys that can get on base? Uh, yeah, you improve your chances. But there was just not a big move to be made. And the Brewers did what they could. Matt Arnold did what he could. His first trade deadline as president of baseball operations did what he could. And unfortunately, it hasn't worked out quite like we've wanted it to for Carlos Santana, who uh, before coming to Milwaukee was hitting swinging a pretty hot bat but since coming to Milwaukee he's been ice cold his average is now down to 228 and he had a key error today when he's been one of the better defensive first basemen in baseball this year he had a uh he had a error today that unfortunately potentially cost the brewers um the game but with Santana and Canna, you get two guys that don't strike out a lot, opposite of what they have, and you get guys that get on base with those two. Um, Obviously, right now, it has just not gone the Brewers' way in the first couple games with those guys on the team, but we don't judge baseball games based off 10 at-bats or 12 at-bats. We base it, talk to me in 10 games from now. Talk to me in 15 games from now. What are they doing now? Are they making a difference with your roster? If Carlos Santana is still doing what he's doing 10 games from now, I'll call it a failure. But right now, way too early. And like I said, the Brewers did the best they could. Unfortunately, there is just no market for big bats unless you wanted to give up a top big-name prospect. But I know Jackson uh, Chorio has gotten – um, 
comparisons to a guy the Brewers just saw uh, this past weekend in Ronald Acuna Jr. I know who knows if he, if he ever becomes that type of player, but that's who he's been compared to. And I'm not giving that up until you have to trade him because you're not going to be able to afford him. Akuna and Olsen, one of those two guys, are going to be your your uh, MVP. Curious to see out of those two which one it is. But Olsen with 37 home runs, 91 RBIs. And Akuna, 60, uh, 64 RBIs, 25 home runs, 51 stolen bases, uh, 335, 420, 582, 1.002 slash line. One of those two guys are going to be the MVP. And back to my point, I'm not trading Jackson Chorio when he can be the next Ronald Acuna. And that's what I want to potentially see in Milwaukee next year or the following year when he's going to be in the big league. So with that said, rough week for the Brewers. But hey, guess what? More baseball to be played tomorrow. More baseball, more baseball to be played tomorrow at home at an Ampham field against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So time for the Brewers to start a new winning streak. Woody's almost back from the IL. Wade Miley was back today. Let's uh, get on a big run here in Milwaukee and get first place back. And let's see how far we can uh, we can swing them. So with that said, I'll talk to you all next week. Hope you all have a great weekend, great west, rest of your week. Thanks again to Emlyn for uh, joining the show. I'll talk to you all later.